everyone. Welcome back to the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube for the latest episode of Broncos Now. As always, I'm your host, Sydney Jones. And coming up on today's episode, the Broncos continued their preparation as they head out to Houston in just two days to face the Texans. We'll hear from all three coordinators and cornerback Pat Sertan. All that and more coming up. The Denver Broncos held another day of practice here at Centura Health Training Center as they continue to prepare to face the Houston Texans this Sunday. Today, we heard from defensive coordinator Vance Joseph about how impressed he's been with a Texans quarterback, C.J. Stroud, and what he's been able to do as a rookie. It's been uh, amazing to watch. I mean, this guy's playing like a veteran. His poise, um, obviously, it's, it's, it's on point. You know, I mean, the pressure don't, doesn't bother him. Four man rush, three man rush. I mean, he is he is playing at a high high level. His accuracy is very special. You know, if guys are open, man, it's 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 on your bodies, you know, constantly. So it's not a um, it's not luck. It's it's who he is. Um, watching the tape, it's the reads, the accuracy, the poise. It's 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 all there. You know, so what you're watching and what you're reading is it's for real. Cornerback Pat Sertan added to that, discussing C.J. Stroud's poise and the challenge that that presents for a defense. You know, that's a great trait to have as a quarterback when you're able to possess that poise um, because no matter what a defense sends at you, you just stay calm and collected. And that's what he does best. He's able to stay patient in the pocket and deliver it to his um, outside weapons. And on the other side of the ball, offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi talked today about the Texans' defense and what he's seen from them on tape. I think they're a, a real solid defense. Um, you know, D'Amico's a guy that, you know, we practiced against in training camp when I was with the Chargers. And, uh, you know, just one of those coaches you have a lot of respect for. Uh, fundamentally, they're, he's all, his defenses are always really solid. I mean, they just uh, generally don't beat themselves. They, they play hard. It's a scheme that's not – complex on first and second down, but it doesn't make it easy to go against, you know, because they do know what um, what their strengths are and any defense they call, they know where their weaknesses are and they know how to kind of compensate for those weaknesses. They know how you're going to try to attack them. Um, and so it's, uh, it's always been a challenging guy to go against um, just because they're just so well coached. They play hard, fundamentally sound. Third down, it does become a challenge. Their pressure package is tough. Uh, to prepare for, for sure. So just, um, you know, just a, a team that generally doesn't beat themselves and, and makes you work to, to get drives and score points. And in terms of the Broncos, Joe Lombardi discussed the offense's red zone efficiency last week and how they'll look to continue that. Like a lot of our scores, you know, uh, Russ improvising and scrambling around, you know, it's hard to plan that, but um, something that I think we've been good at all year. Um, you know, running the football is always a priority down there. Some of those quarterback runs were good for us. So, um you know, I don't know if I can point to one thing. We just, you know, executed well and, and got the ball in the end zone a little bit more than the normal. But, um, you know, something we're working hard on, and the guys did a good job on Sunday. The Broncos have recorded 22 takeaways so far this season, a league high, and defensive coordinator Vance Joseph spoke on what's been key to those. I think what's different with this group, man, is that they're intentional with it every single day. You know, you have teams you coach, and you kind of coach taking the ball away, you know, punching the ball, ripping the ball out. But these guys are intentional with it, even in practice. You know, no one goes by an opportunity to get the ball. You know, even as a pass rusher, if they win, they want the elbow, they want the ball. You know, that's what we've taught forever. But some teams take to it and some teams don't. But this team has. And, you know, once you get it rolling and they start watching themselves, you know, 
two, three, four game, and it's it's contagious. You know, we do a good job as a staff of showing them TV copies because sometimes players never watch TV copies, and it's cool to watch the slow mo, you know, and watch their eye placement and watch their intention to attack an elbow in the football in slow motion. And Aikman saying, "Well, that's a great job by Mac Millen, you know, and you know, so it's that's that's a big part of it on Thursday. We do that on Thursday Thursday mornings. So." It's, uh, it's been fun to watch guys just take to it in practice and in games, and it's working for us. Hopefully it continues. And kicker Will Lutz was named AFC Special Teams Player of the Month. We heard from Special Teams Coordinator Ben Kotwika and Will Lutz himself about what this honor means to him. I'd want to throw a shout-out to Will Lutz, AFC Special Teams Player of the Month. Uh, Well-deserved honor. He's done a tremendous job, and the neat thing about Will is he'd be the first to tell you that's just not an individual. That's that whole group. Uh, snapper, Holder, and Riley, and then the protection has been really, really sound, especially last week against Cleveland that had a really good rush. So uh, just really happy with that group and looking forward to having more opportunities to help us win games. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, it's a unit award for sure. Uh, Riley, Mitch, the O-line, been outstanding. Uh, Got to give some credit to 12th man in Buffalo for one of those, and uh, I'm sure Sean will tell you would rather be kicking extra points, but um, all that aside, it's it's great. Hard work pays off, you know, and um, the three of us, Mitch and Riley, have been working really hard to to uh, be able to help this team, and you know, I think we've been able to do that. And now it's time to look at today's injury report. Tight end Chris Manhurts and defensive lineman Mike Purcell both did not participate in today's practice. Wide receiver Jerry Judy, kicker Will Lutz, cornerback Damari Mathis, and wide receiver Marvin Mims Jr. were all limited. And outside linebacker Baron Browning was a full participant. Now joining me here on Broncos now to take a look at this Sunday's matchup from the Texans perspective is Houston Texans analyst, John Harris. John, thanks for joining the show today. Absolutely. Sydney. Thanks for having me. Of course. How are you? How are you? How are things down there in Houston? Well, they've been a lot better than uh, past December's have been. Um, it's been kind of a wild year to see this team. A lot of young players, a rookie head coach, a rookie offensive coordinator uh, do some of the things that, that they've been doing this year. You know, the last, Seven games, I think, have come down to the last either walk-off field goal attempt, touchdown in the last 10 seconds, right. uh, field goal doinking off the, the crossbar like last week on the last play yeah. of the game. So it's been kind of crazy around here, but really exciting and uh, really excited for the Broncos to come in here in a, in a really big game, both teams at 6-5. and five. Yeah, I mean, a really high-stakes AFC matchup here on the horizon, John. You know, I want to start by talking about C.J. Stroud, of course. I mean, he averages the most passing yards in the league right now. He's breaking records left and right, on pace to have, honestly, one of the best rookie quarterback seasons that we've ever seen. So what has just made him so impressive to watch this season? I mean, you could talk about his intangibles, just how poised he is, how calm he is. He never gets rattled with anything. Um, but I think just on the field, it's just his pinpoint accuracy. And I do a lot of draft work. And so I actually wrote up my scouting report on him going into his last year at Ohio State. Oh, wow. And I was convinced that there were two guys that if if things had gone wrong here, the Texans could look at in, in Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And I know a lot of people were really <laughs> upset with the Texans last year when they won that Week 18 game and they got bumped out of the number one spot. And I said, it's OK. You get Bryce, you get C.J. You'll get one or the other. You'll be OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think C.J. is coming here and. He just he's taken at first he took what defenses were giving him and then he went and started taking what he wanted. Um, they started taking away some of the, the shorter stuff that he was taking early. And then also he's OK, well, I'll go over the top and he's gotten pretty good protection. 
His offense coordinator, Bobby Sloak, has been really, really good in finding what C.J. likes to do. Um, and C.J. can make the throws that a lot of quarterbacks in the league, even guys that have been around forever, can't make. He can throw it into that small space that really his, his guy is the only one that's going to be able to make a play on it. Now, the, the flip side of that is you sometimes get too enamored with the 20-yard explosive play and the big chunk play, and you start turning down some of the shorter stuff. And so he even talked about it in his press conference on Wednesday. Like, I've got to make sure that I don't, I don't forget the boring stuff, yeah. uh, as he called it, um, which I guess you're going to do at the age of 22. You can think everything's boring. Um, but there's that part of, hey, just take some of the checkdowns. You know, Jacksonville left him some, and he wanted to push the ball down the field. So he's got to find that balance again. But the fact that he's able to make the throws he makes when he makes some clutch moments into the first half um, when we really need a drive. I mean, after Jacksonville scored the other day to take a 21-14 lead, you're like, oh, man, they just hit back. Like, what are we going to do? And he just throws a dime across the middle to Nico Collins for 25 yards and, like, right on the money. And you're like, okay. Um, so he answers big plays from the other side. He's confident. He believes in his wide receivers. He's really gotten honed in on Nico Collins and Tank Dell. And that's been really exciting to see. Uh, but we always feel like we have a chance when he has the ball in his hands. And that's always a great that's a great spot to be in as a fan base, as an organization, when you know, no matter what, we're down 10, we're up seven, we're down three, there's 30 seconds, there's three minutes left. He's going to find a way to put us in position to win a game or take it overtime like he did last week. He's been that good as a rookie. Like I've, I've never seen Sydney anything like this from a rookie. And hopefully it continues not only this weekend, but on through the next how many ever years of his career. Yeah, I know Russell Wilson said this week that he just has that clutch gene that, of course, we know Russ has as well. You know, yeah. you some of those receivers, I know he seems like CJ really has a special special connection out there with a uh, receiver Tank Dell. What is it about their chemistry that makes them just such a dynamic duo? Well, I think probably the biggest thing is, you know, Tank gets open because he's so electric. And I mean, when the program says 5'8", 165, like, I think that's pushing it. Now, I do think he's 5'8", but 165 is I, – I, I don't think so. Not at this time of the season. I mean, he is that small. But if you mistake him for, well, he's just a slot receiver, then you're making a huge mistake because he's one of the toughest guys, pound for, pound for pound, that we have in the locker room. Yeah. And he gets open in all areas on the field, and there's so many things that he can do with the ball. Like, when he gets the ball – and he's running and there are safeties and corners that are much bigger than him or linebackers. He's going to take them on. Like he is not scared, but it's obviously his electric speed that opens things up because defensive backs are so concerned about that. And then he stops on a dime pivots, turns back and he's got three yards of separation. Right. And that's what you want to see from wide receiver, but you just usually don't see it from a rookie. Um, but his change of direction is so good and that gets him open and CJ trusts him. And against the, uh, Arizona Cardinals right before the half tag tells him in the in the huddle he says I'm going deep okay like you don't hear that from rookie receivers he goes deep CJ finds him it's a big touchdown right before the half so tank's full of confidence like tank does not feel like first of all he doesn't feel like he's 5'8 165 he feels like he's the biggest baddest dude on that field and he also knows he's the fastest but he knows how to channel all that because we've seen a lot of fast guys I know you've seen fast guys but they can't they don't know how to play receiver. They don't understand the nuance of playing it. Tank does. And I think that's one of the major reasons why CJ looks him up a lot. 
John, kind of like big picture here. What do you think that the biggest change this year has just been under head coach D'Amico Ryans? What did he come in and really change in the organization? Well, I think the first thing that D'Amico had to do was kind of bring everybody back under kind of the same umbrella. Things had just kind of been splintered and fragmented. And D'Amico just had to kind of get everybody unified again. And he's done that with a smile that brightens up NRG Stadium 10 times. Like, he's just a positive guy. There are positive vibes. The fans felt it when he was a player. The fans were really wanting D'Amico. Mark Vandermeer, the voice of Texans, and I would talk during that time. Like, we didn't even think of him as plan A because we just didn't think he would take it, you know, because we had been so down so much. When he decided to take the job, it was like that kind of B12 vitamin shot we were getting of, like, joy. Um, there was, you know, joy coming back to the stadium. And I think that then you realize, well, he connects with these players. Like his X's and O's knowledge is really, really good too. And it always gets kind of pushed to the side, but he knows the game extremely well. We have scored at the end of the first half or been in position to score probably 70% of our games. The way he handles situational, uh, you know, situations at the end of a half, end of games, he's been really, really good in those situations too. But the way he connects to the team and gets the most out of them, no matter what it is, you know, right. it doesn't matter. You know, I watch this Food Network show called Chopped. I don't know if people yeah, watch it. I've heard of it. But it you, they give you a basket and they give you gummy bears, Gatorade, uh, some bison and French fries. And they say, OK, go make a cohesive meal. And I'm like, OK. And there have been times where he looks at the personnel chop basket and goes, OK, well, I'm out my left tackle. I'm out my starting linebacker. I don't have this guy. I don't have that guy. Hey, we'll figure it out. And he and Nick Casario, our GM, have really been great about taking whatever's there and making the most of it. They're not like, whoa, what was me? We don't have this guy. They basically have taken a stance of we'll figure it out. And I think the players really have responded to that. Like, hey, we don't have this guy receiver. Well, this guy's there. We don't have this guy at tackle. All right, we'll play these two guys at tackle. So it's really been this we're not going to take, you know, any excuses. We're going to make the most of what we've got every single week. We've got it. And go out there and play with a positive joy and vibe that we've not had here in a while. And I think he really has kind of taken all that. And I'm as excited as I am about this year. Yeah. I'm even more excited about what future years are going to be with D'Amico Ryans. Definitely. Yeah. I, I know Russell Wilson, of course, has gone up against D'Amico's defenses a bunch in his career and looking at this Texans defense this year, specifically, you know, what do you think wrestling companies should be on the lookout for, you know, this Sunday? Well, you know, I think it's us that's really we're really worried about Russell, as we always have been. We've never beaten Russell. Um, He's always, you know, found a way to to beat the Texans in Seattle in 2013. He brought him back from like 17 down. 2017 was one of the greatest football games I've ever seen. He brought him back from behind in that game. 2021, he didn't have a great Seattle team, won that game. Last year, offense wasn't great in Denver, but he makes one throw to Eric Salbert, beats us. Like he's just always found a way to beat us. So our defense obviously has to be locked in you know, on Russell. And I know Russell doesn't do as much scrambling like he did in Seattle, but when he does do it, those selected moments can be killers because your eyes go to him and then all of a sudden somebody pops open, he's going to find that guy open. And I think that's the, that's the big worry. You know, we worried about that with Kyler Murray. Uh, You know, we had that worry with Trevor Lawrence a little bit, but for Trevor, it was just the ball was getting out of his hand really quickly. Mm -hmm. So our defense knows when Russell scrambles, you've got to plaster those receivers and you've got to make sure that somebody doesn't come up with a, with a really long catch or, you know, a catch they really probably didn't deserve. 
because the pass rush is great and Russell's just running for his life, but because you didn't plaster that receiver, he gets open and gets a first down when you should have maybe had a sack or a loss or whatever the case might be. So Russell has everybody here on full alert, but I know the other guy that that really has the defense, you know, their antenna are up is is Cortland Sutton. Uh, he had a great game against us last year. You know, size, speed. You know, he's a lot like Nico uh, for us. Nico Collins, 6'4", 216, almost the same size, great ball skills. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton is a guy that really last year kind of showed it off with seven catches against us and was really, really good throughout the game. So I know with the way Russell can scramble and Cortland Sutton get open, making big plays, explosives, those are things I know that the Texans defense are definitely concerned with the, with the uh, Broncos offense. Yeah, Cortland's having a great season so far. He has five touchdowns in the past six games. So hoping to yeah. see him continue that uh, on Sunday. John, it's a pleasure having you on the show today. I can't thank you enough for joining me. Well, it's my pleasure, Sydney. Thank you for having me. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of Broncos Now. Broncos Country, thanks so much for tuning in. I'll meet you right back here on the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube tomorrow for a game preview. I'll see you all then.